0: There's pollution all in the earth, Biden's camp says they'll help reverse, and we'll see if he'll actually help pay our rent, but at least that orange a-hole is no longer president. You are now going off with RC and views.
1: <laughs> it it took a second. <laughs> But I got there. <laughs> we are recording this on the day of the inauguration, by the way. And we're not gonna That's get right. super political. Mm-hmm. You boys have made a unspoken vow to <laughs> not really go down that road too much anymore. But I gotta tell you, man, I was on my lunch break and I went home. I put on the inauguration. I fucking got to see my girl. Got to see fucking Lady Gaga perform. Oh yeah. Fucking J Lo. Dude, was there.
0: Yo, man, there's a spring in my step and a glide in my stride this afternoon, my friend. I just
1: just feel a little lighter knowing that, <laughs> you know. We've got two requests this week, and I'll be damned if I can even, with 100% certainty, say which one we should go with first, but uh. you know what? I got to, for personal reasons, I think we should probably lead with MCR. You think so? <sighs> See, this is the thing, right?
0: I'm trying to say, like, we might have more to talk about in the... but uh, You know what? Let's leave it at MCR. Yeah, you know what? MCR, MCR. Okay, okay.
1: (laughs) MCR Black Parade requested by your boy, Ryan Halter. Thank you so much, Ryan. And if there is an album you would like to hear us talk about on going off... It is a one-time $60 pledge to Kofi, that is K-O-F-I dot com, slash, going off, G-O-I-N-O-F-F. Man, this one, I've been waiting for this one. Man.
0: <laughs>
1: Yo, the person who requested it, you a fool for this one? <laughs> Fucking, man, spoiler alert. All right, so, this is the second show... Of 2021, right? Mm. Mm. And it's gonna be my first five of 2021, (laughs) and unfortunately, (laughs) we're going all the way back to 2006, (laughs) so does it even count? Oh no, what's the track record for 2021? When are we ever gonna actually do a new release? (laughs) Who knows? We've got fucking requests stacked up to the ceiling! But
0: I, I, I gotta say, just to spoil it as well, yeah, yeah... Yeah, I I got to give it to 502, my brother.
1: (laughs) I had to toss it over to you because I was not sure um, how much MCR you've even listened to. Like, was this your first time listening to this album? I had not
0: listened to that much MCR at all. In fact, it's one of those bands where it's just like, Oh, there's My Bloody Valentine, and, the, and there's My Chemical Romance, and, the, and there's the Fall Out Boy, and and they all make music, but it, but it's not like really hard, but you know it's their very and They want to tell you about the.
1: It's got bit. the pop punk biz, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: But but it's 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 a little bit more complex than the pop punk of of you would say, you know, the Good Charlotte's and the and the Blink One Eighty Twos, right? Like they've got a little bit more artistic credibility. So that's what I kind of understood is like, okay, you know, it's the emo stuff, but like I just it just didn't happen to come across my radio, so I just didn't hear it as much, but you always hear the big hits, right? And I had heard that Black Parade joint, and I remember being one of those songs. I was just like, "Oh yeah, it's a good ass song. I like how you know it's got it's got a lot going on in it." You know what I'm saying? And then one day having that moment of just like listening to it and being like, "Oh my God, this is like..." A really deep song about, like, you know, your father telling you to, you know, fight against the evil and, you know, corruption in the world and, you know, let me lead you to, to the good that we all need to be going towards. It's like, oh my god, this shit got at my heart. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, it gets in your emotions from how positive it makes you feel. You know, it's just like, oh, there are good people in this world who want to do good things. Oh my god. Like, it's that Mr. Rogers moment, you know? <laughs>
1: We've brought up MCR a couple times. I've quoted them in intros of episodes in the past. I remember in our review of Vessel by 21 Pilots, MCR was brought up alongside 21 Pilots as your Hot Topic bands. you know? (laughs) And I remember you asked me about the uh, songwriting compared to uh, MCR, and I remember just being like, Oh, God, MCR songs are way better. Like, <laughs> not even fucking close.
0: You, were, you you ain't never lied about that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, uh... Honestly, besides the fact that you might see the shirts side-by-side on a Hot Topic wall... There really is no comparing these two Look, uh, look
0: 21 Pilots, they're, 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 you know, little emotional boys who, who want to rap their feelings. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you you, you know, have their day. But, and again, this isn't even to compare because I don't feel like they're doing the same, like, aesthetic thing when you break it down. Because they're doing more of a direct Red Hot Chili Peppers incorporating rap into it and, and pumping it up in that way. And yeah, M- My Chemical Romance is way more just like, no, straight... Operatic rock type of shit going on here.
1: This album stands alone (coughs) in the fact that it's kind of, um, it's a bit divisive because the first two albums are very emo pop punk. This album is a departure from the style you would hear on the first two albums, so it's much more of a kind of straightforward, hard rocking album. And a lot of fans really didn't like that, mm. so it's one of those albums where, like, half the fan base says it's their best album, and the other half says it's their worst album because it's mm. not what they were expecting, it was it's so different. That kind of thing. But yeah. there's, there's little nuggets throughout, and I hate to sound like fucking Mr. Radio Top 40 here, but it is hard To pick a song on this album better than Welcome to the Black Parade. And they're close. Yeah. But just how much of the album that track in particular encapsulates, how fucking epic and over the top it It, is. It is a
0: sort of like, wow, I could just listen to this song, and this gives you the idea of what this album is. Like, this encapsulates what the album is going for. Yeah.
1: And it was kicked around since either the first or second album. Mm. So... Out of all the tracks on the album, it's the most that sounds like the first two albums. Mm. All the other ones have more of a very just straightforward hard rock. Oh, yeah. Uh, fucking teenagers. It, almost a rockabilly sound to it. <laughs> yeah, the... Bar- yeah. <laughs> this album, it, it does take a lot of different... Uh, it, it goes down a lot of different avenues. Oh, but I was here for it. Well, let's
0: just start at the fucking beginning um, with these... Let's start with the end. Uh, hey, yeah. <laughs> with, with, like, two, like not even three-minute tracks in a row, but I think it's, yeah. like, it's not even two minutes, is it? Because it's like, it opens with the, the beeping going on, you know, hits you in the face with this with this epicness that, like, builds up. And, and I had that feeling where I was just like, whoa, I already feel like I've been rolling with these guys for at least, like, two tracks now. And I just look back, it's like, <laughs> it hasn't even been one, barely. And then... Like, just riding into Dead as you hear the, beep, you know, as, as it's become clear. because Like, like oh, the flatline carries Yeah, yeah, exactly. The uh, callback for to the first song where you're like, oh, oh, we got a theme going on here. And then the, yeah, and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm here for it. <laughs> like they were already chums in my brain in terms of like, oh yeah, the the you know your boy, you know your boys like uh, chemical romance, right? <laughs> like like the way my brain was just like already just kind of like singing along with the melodies and just here for, like as if I was already lived in them, and I'd already heard these before, you know what I'm saying when something just gets you that
1: good, you know, <laughs> typically, when I'm on genius and I try to read the annotations, it's either someone's you know just making some shit up or it's like 100% verified by the artist because it's MCR and because this fan base love them some fan theories meaning behind all the songs is kind of up in the air like there is kind of a through narrative kind of but not throughout the whole album Bit of a system of a down
0: situation going on here. So,
1: you've got a character referred to as the patient who is dying and realizes later in the album that they have cancer. And the album is supposed to be their last chunk of life on Earth told through these tracks. Uh, Teenagers is not in that. It's completely its own thing. Well, will yeah, get that,
0: though. I was kind of thinking about, like, wait, oh, it's supposed to be, like, his dad talking to him. So maybe that track is him going, like, <laughs> you know, amongst all the good advice, you know, he also actually has his prejudices, too. which just
1: like, eh, kids scared the shit out of me, man. They're, like, all judging me. <laughs> the patient w- is a soldier, and it's the saying goodbye to the people around him, um, facing down the actions of his past, and ultimately accepting the damnation he is, uh, in store for. Mother, we all go to hell. <laughs> the first time I heard the end, specifically, if you've heard uh, the Ziggy Stardust album by Bowie, the, fir- the first track on that album, Five Years, has a lot of the same structure as this track, especially the end where it's like a kind of call and response, but something also... Um, I thought for the first time listening to it just this past week was how much it reminded me of the first track to The Wall. And reading up on Genius, that was actually intentional. (laughs) That was an influence on the album. And having listened to The Wall a lot as a kid, it comes up a few times. And I can't help but draw a little bit of comparison between Mama and the song Mother from The Wall. What you know? I was saying that that song and the Ozzy Osbourne
0: song. <laughs> uh, 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 but wait, no, not in the Mama song. Excuse me, it was the one before that. I just thought it was Mama because right afterwards it's called Mama. Hold on, let me let me get to the track. Yeah, cancer! I, as I was listening to that track, I was kind of thinking of Ozzy Osbourne and how, you know how you, uh, those 70s artists would put that little reverb effect on their voice? So, you know, so you can hear the clear notes kind of being played with by the effect, you know what I'm saying? That type of shit.
1: There's a part in Mama specifically where um, he kind of does this thing with his voice where he says uh, I should've been a better son That reminded yes. me I should've been a better son <laughs> The song The Trial um, is when the character Pink is like being face down with like his wife mm-hmm. and his I mom. Up. Yeah. They're, they're, again, it's very st- like there's a style there. And I'm like, all right, I'm picking up on, you know, what you were listening to at the time because it's coming through, <laughs> but it doesn't feel derivative. Like, I, no, it doesn't sound no. like you're ripping them off. It sounds yeah. like homages. It sounds like you took these little bits and pieces and you worked them in. And also how on the wall. The first track ends with the sound of a baby crying that carries into the second track. On this one, you've got the flat line that carries you into, uh, into Dead. That's so dope, that's so dope. And you've got some more kind of um, little things I didn't really pick up on. And I've listened to this album quite a few times before this, but that I never quite picked up on. Towards the end, Gerard Way, who is one of my just favorite vocalists in rock, he kind of puts on this little bit of, like, a, almost like a German doctor accent to give, like, the diagnosis. You know what I'm talking about? hmm And there's so much of this track that's just snarky and, like, mocking a dying man, especially when it just comes to the la-la-la. <laughs> like, you're, like right. you're dead. You're dying. But here's this part where we're just going to, like, sing in your face. And then we got the Tau I Disappear, another very driving track. Oh yeah, especially it gets to the one part where he says like, Can you hear me cry out to you words I thought I'd choke on, figure
0: out uh, I'm I'm really not so with you anymore. I'm just a ghost, so I can't hurt you anymore. And like after he says that, you hear like the music kind of get more chaotic. Like he's like he's a ghost, rocking everything around her. You know what I'm saying? It's so fucking insane. And, and afterwards, I think it's the lyric like, and now you want to see how far down I can sink. This <laughs> is like oh my god. Like you feel the dissenting. Like it's like ghost, except it
1: doesn't suck. You know. <laughs> Sharpest Lives, the sound of the opening guitar chords, just the jing-jing-jing-jing-jing-jing, and then at the end of the song where it just kind of slows to a stop, the jing-jing-jing-jing-jing-jing. I love that. The live fast, die hard attitude. It really is presented really well with how aggressive and just, again, under the driving track, like, that's how I disappear. Just, I really like this track. I really like the, um... I think the lyrics are the are some of the most striking up to this point. Oh yeah, and the man. chorus is so fucking good. The um, give me a shot to remember, and you can take the pain away from me. Your kiss, and I will surrender. The sharpest lives are the deadliest to lead. That's like the live fast, die hard type. A light to burn all the empires so bright, the sun is ashamed to rise and be in love with all these vampires. So you can leave like the sane abandoned me.
0: Yo. Oh. Man, I was about to mention just the two lyrics that happened before that in addition, right? Oh, okay. Because you know? cause I was listening to it and you know that fucking Pink song where it's like it's kind of a little cheesy the way she does the Blow me one last kiss. Oh, you know? yeah, it's like, and you it's can blow s- me a kiss. Yeah, <laughs> it's done so much better on this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like with the setup and payoff, where you just like, oh, it actually does sound like he's gonna say "blow me,"
1: and then you get the a kiss. <laughs> it's like, oh shit! Like this album is so like it's super angry, but also like it's just like a super solemn listen. It, it's so like it's so mean and nasty and cutting, and yet in that fun
0: adventurous way in how it's laid yeah. out, like. In that sense where it's like, there's things that sound like emo lyrics that, you know, if your parents walked in and listened, they're like, what, what are you hearing all this evil music about suicide and all those things? And, you know, your parents are like, Ugh, they don't understand, it's actually a deeper story about this, and I'm trying to pay attention to it. Mom, okay, if you'd actually listen to my music. You know, it's like, it so gives you that energy, you know what I mean? Because, like, they know that the lyrics that they're saying are very, like, emo-sounding, but it's like, it's clearly using the aesthetic of that emoness to tell that bigger
1: story, you know what I mean? It's so cool. I wrote down a quote for Welcome to the Black Parade. Uh, way believed that at the time upon death, one would be greeted by their most fond memory and taken to the afterlife. The entire album is set as a rock opera where the patient slips towards death, recalling his past, he sees his favorite memory, his father taking him to see a parade. So that in his mind is like one of his favorite, earliest memories. And I guess, in a way, what he's telling him could possibly be, like, prepping him to go over and, like, fight the war. The, you know, uh, mm. will you defeat them, will you, you know, all that. I get you. The song has become kind of a meme, but I think it's only because it's so iconic and memorable that, like, I think even if you're not a fan, you know at least some of these lyrics because they're so good. Like, you can't deny that. Defeat them, you demons! <laughs> Even Kevin Smith. Did you see what I sent you? The fucking Kevin Smith is trying to put it in the beginning of Clerks 3. What are you doing, Kevin? <laughs> you know, I,
0: I just listened to someone talking about how, like, uh, you know, when um, movie makers... When they're just, like, making their first movies, all they do, like, uh, w- t- like when you can especially tell someone's a novice, when it just seems like they just got, like, a whole playlist of uh, songs they want to play all around the movie, like, okay, so check it out, like, this song, then at least this song, then at least this song, you know, it's like, that's how you know, it's like, you're probably not telling the best story, because you're mainly thinking about the aesthetics of it, you yeah. know, and so, when you sent me that, we just like, would it be really cool if I got this song, and it's just like, oh, I,
1: I-, I hope you're
0: telling a good story behind that. (laughs)
1: I kind of wish that he had done this sooner because I think I had heard at some point that Kevin knew about MCR early on because they're all Jersey boys, like MCR is from Jersey. Ah, okay, okay. So it kind of makes sense, but also, like, you've waited quite a while to do this for this song that came out in 2006. You could have put it in Clerks, too. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that was the time to have put this out. (laughs) <laughs> would, 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 would it have been too expensive? Is it too relevant? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Can't yeah do it, it now. too relevant.
0: <laughs> I gotta wait until, you know, his relevance ages out and maybe that price goes down a little more, you know? Kevin Smith knows how to play that
1: waiting game. <laughs> he had to open with an old Talking Heads song instead. Like, okay, like, I like that song too, Kevin, but I don't get why it's here. Yeah. <laughs> I Don't Love You is an incredible track. I just wrote down the stuff that like especially
0: especially stuck out cuz like it's all good. So what are you going to say? Uh House of Wolves that fucking
1: rock swing rhythm going on. I was like, "Okay." <laughs> it sounded like um the opening drums to and god, this is going to sound like such a fucking slight. It's not Zoot Suit Riot? I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just because they're jazz drums and, you know, mm. it's it's a it's a very typical jazz drum uh, arrangement there. They were setting a stage for a, quote, fiery jazz club filled with demons, wolves, and sinners preparing for the patient's arrival in hell. Yeah, Mm. I could see that. (laughs) Listening to this, like, it totally fits the... (laughs) It's such a uh,
0: 1940s cartoon, like, welcome to hell, you know, but we're in 2006 with rock guitar, so, like, it actually sounds like you're going to hell, you know? Oh, yeah, it's it's super menacing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we get fucking cancer. Oh. Uh, w- w- just as I was listening to that s- song, like for the first time, and the beautiful melodies in it, I just like wrote down. I was like, "Wow, this is quickly becoming my favorite song." What? What's the title of this one again? Oh, oh cancer. <laughs>
1: and just like having that moment of like, "Oh, this shit's serious." <laughs> the, the first thing I've written down is just. Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. It's got, fu- it, in my opinion, an opening piano note almost as infamous as the one that opens Black Parade. Like, <laughs> you hear that note, it's like, oh, yeah, it's cancer. Oh,
0: oh man. Uh, you about to pull up those hard strings. <laughs> and oh just the final part where uh where he says uh the hardest part of this is leaving you it's just like oh and like when you really take in what the song's about it's just like like i don't give a shit about all this just knowing that you're the person i'm not gonna see anymore is is what hurts it gives you that emotion in such a like this is a fucking love song. You know what I mean? Like, I felt that like goddamn emotion. It wasn't just like, oh, baby, I love you. You know, like, no, I'm gonna make you feel this shit. You know what I'm saying?
1: I love how it precedes Mama, which is such a yep. not-loving song. That is right. just like, like, <laughs> answer, like, oh, my God, like, oh, the, the hardest part of this is, is, is leaving you. Mama, we all go to hell. And it's like... <laughs> Well, mother, what the war did to my legs and to my tongue—you should have
0: raised a baby girl. I should have been a better son. That's the part. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oof. God damn. Oh man. The delivery on this album is so fucking top-notch. Um, fucking surprise, surprise cameo, Liza Minnelli, come on down. Oh, oh. is is that who that is? <laughs> Doing the little bit of uh, almost spoken word part. In, in Mama, yeah, is the one and only Liza Minnelli, who they just called up be damned. <laughs> uh, and was just like, yeah. You've got the fucking biting sarcasm on one end, and then you've got, like, the story of this mom who's disappointed in the actions that her son did, the uh, don't return to me, you ain't no son of mine, all that, of just, like, mm. oh, man. Like, you've got your dad essentially telling you you got to grow up and you got to go to war, and then you do... And then you come home, and your mom wants nothing to do with you. Like, "Oh, fucking hell. This is a goddamn roller coaster. I can't take it. <laughs> of
0: emotion, yeah. Oh, and then on sleep, what is it? Just like there's one phrase where just the impact
1: of his words where he says like, "Don't you breathe for me." I was like, "Whoa. There are some <laughs> parts, yeah. That part? um, I'm trying to think. On Famous Last Words, there's a bit of that. And also, I don't love you, just the, um, just like the singing through gritted teeth yeah oh, oh th- fuck
0: yes and especially like uh the lyrics for sleep uh because because the whole phrase in this part is like don't you breathe for me undeserving of your sympathy because there ain't no way that i'm sorry for what i did like i just love how it's like pulling apart that idea of you know someone who's passed you know we got to show respect for the dead and like we, we're doing this for them and that sort of thing but the person themselves being like no i'm a piece of shit you
1: shouldn't be doing anything for me fuck me <laughs> you know like fuck my memory I mean, like, when you got on, in the end, at first, it's like, uh, I want to be nothing at all. Then, just kind of the duality of, at the end of the song, just screaming for help. Like, somebody please save me. (laughs) Of just, like, maybe I'm not ready to die. I thought I was, but maybe I'm not, shit. And on Sleep, it also has that kind of, um, yeah, like, I'm not afraid of what I've done. And then it's like, just sleep. And it's almost like, um sleep to forget about the horrible things you've done as, like, a means of escape, but that's infiltrated your nightmares, too. Like, there is no escape from it. Ooh, the intro and and yeah. the little uh, uh, samples that you
0: hear someone talking were about, like, you know, I couldn't breathe in the middle of my dream. Oh, man, that made it so creepy. So,
1: you've got the band stayed in the Paramore mansion during the making of the album, which is allegedly haunted and Mm. the audio you hear is Gerard Way explaining a series of night terrors he experienced staying at the Haunted Mansion. So, that, the night terrors, matched with the nightmares in the song of, like, yeah, that fucking does it. That works. Goddamn. Uh, Then you got the radio hit, Teenagers, (laughs) which... Apparently, it's, it just says uh, Gerard was on the subway and he had a panic attack because of how many teenagers were on board and just <laughs> wrote the song about the incident. MCR fans, t- typically younger, especially 2006, they would be, like, around teenager age. And the thing you might know about millennials has kind of become a joke about millennials joke about dying all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like the first generation that is... Less afraid of dying than ones in the past. So they just in general have like less to lose. So they just come across as ruthless and like reckless.
0: Well, you know, maybe if uh, the generations possibly before them had helped set up a world that had actual tolerance and shit in it, I mean, you know, maybe people would uh, be more happy to live on this earth, but uh,
1: what, what do I know? Uh, <laughs> so when you got Gerard, like, met with the image of just, like, being surrounded by these people, like, yeah, it's horrifying. Of am just like, you don't know what these fuckers are capable of. <laughs> hey, what if they're mad at me? <laughs> they're gonna get me, out of uh they'll leave you alone but not me <laughs> yeah not me, though. And then, uh, yeah
0: and then i love the one part like that just threw me off when i realized what it was about that he was saying but in that sort of like i didn't say it but you know what i'm saying uh the like the boys and girls on the click the awful names that they stick you're never gonna fit in much kid but if you're troubled and hurt what you got under your shirt will make them pay for the things they did this is like
1: oh oh, oh. We we fucking talked about this song whenever we talk about radio edits and how Uh the radio will edit shirt. Shirt? Really? Yeah, what you've got under your... That makes it sound worse. I know! It's like, under my what? No, it's a mystery! It's like, in
0: my underwear. Yeah, like, what? What you got under your drawers.
1: Yeah, I guess they wanted to, like, remove any possibility of it being a gun...
0: That's what censorship is really about. It's really about like, okay, if you're young and you're a dumb kid and you can't necessarily make the connection yet... Like, Scissorship is uh, there to completely sever a word that can make <laughs> help you make that connection. That's what I realized Scissorship really does. You know what I mean? Because, like, you listen to something, you're just like, wait, I-, I couldn't figure out what that meant without that word now, and now I'm just confused. And if you're a kid, you're even more confused because you have even less context. That's what the fuck it's about. Man. It's about just being super unhelpful to people. Then we got disenchanted. Yeah, oh, perfect emo vibes. <laughs> yeah. I spent my high school career spit on and shoved to agree so I could watch all my heroes sell a car on TV, bring out the old guillotine, we'll show them what we all mean. It was like, yeah. oh, wait, what? <laughs> like it, so yeah I had the moment of like oh man yeah you know it, like of course you could take that first lyric as like being about peer pressure but then you also think about like well isn't that kind of what our parents do you know they kind of force us to agree with what the system is you know and then it's like also you can see like you know the most successful people in the world like what do they end up doing you know what becomes of their lives you know what I mean <laughs> and then it's just like and it's like so you know if, if teenagers was the anger this is the sort of like this is why we're angry <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, hey, I'm tired of this old shit. Bring out that guillotine, show them what we mean. It's like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> the, the, it, it's like, every time, like, that's what happens. I feel like on this album, it'll make you, like, feel an emotion, like, yeah, I understand. And it'll give you that one lyric that's one step further. You just go, like, whoa, wait a minute.
1: <laughs> as good of an outro song as you can get with famous last words, if we're not counting blood. And I guess we're not counting blood. I I count it as a little outro because it is so
0: awesome with the way it just perfectly has that little 1940s, you know, piano guy wrapping up the whole plot in in the perfectly cheeky way that this whole album has kind of. And it's out, even got you know? like
1: the radio kind of effect on it, like Absolutely. it's coming through an old Victrola. It, it, Yes, and the lyrics are still so sharp in what they're yeah. about.
0: Like it's, it's like the looking back at himself and the fact that, like, oh, yeah, this is all about exploiting, you know, my fucked up uh, uh, life and all of my problems. Like, I am making money off of giving you people my blood, and this is, like, kind of horrible for me to go through, but I'm
1: doing it because it makes me money. <laughs> you know it's funny? We just recently reviewed a song with the exact same title with the exact same meaning, I'm the fucking Pearl Jam Versus. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> also about like giving your blood for the industry and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I don't know what else there is more to what say. What else this is one.
0: there to fucking say? It's what else ass is ass. there it's to a say? Album.
1: It stands up remarkably well for an album that is almost 15 years old
0: at this yeah. point. And interestingly enough, ends with "I am not afraid to keep on living," which is. Like just such an like it got me in my feelings and it was such an interesting thing in terms of like, hey, this is an emo band that's ending
1: with, hey, keep on living guys. It's got (laughs) such a little hopeful little message at the end. Like I know this
0: was about death, but but seriously fans, don't
1: (laughs) I'm not afraid to walk this world alone. Come on. That fucking yeah, the way it just ends and the way the music dips out and the vocals stay as loud and oof. Mm production we haven't even mentioned it but goddamn, the production on this album is so fucking good so crisp Goddamn, incredible five out of five yeah <laughs> up next we've got forbidden by todrick hall requested by of course who other than kyle summers who also requested straight out of oz ah is that a fact the um which i didn't realize the precursor oh yeah forbidden
0: and and what's so fascinating about it is it totally has that feeling of like hmm here's if I did this a different way <laughs> yeah here's if I heightened what I was going for in that last album
1: <laughs> this one more so than straight out of Oz if you're not really watching along to what the story is. Oh, man. It doesn't really click just listening to the songs. Let me
0: tell you. Let me tell you the journey I had.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we we had different experiences here. (laughs) So I came
0: into this. I'm like, okay, it's call, It's your boy. I know I'm going to be getting some quality, boom, let's throw on this album and take a listen. Then, skrrr, I see 30 tracks, I'm like, whoa, 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 double album, whoa, 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 <laughs> I was like, oh, slow your roll, chief. <laughs> <laughs> double album, oh, hour, 30 minutes, oh, 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 it Wait. Oh. wait. <laughs>
1: because Oz was kind of a similar situation I mean like, it, was, it was a short film but it, was an hour and a, it wasn't an hour and a half though it wasn't a movie
0: yeah <laughs> but then I start listening to these tracks and so I'm like okay though you're giving me what I need though you're giving me the energy you're giving me the, the musicality you're giving me the lyricism you're giving me the music you're giving me the vocal lines Ah, I'm fucking here for all this shit man you know what I'm saying and, but then there were a couple of tracks where I was like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about these tracks. I don't know how I yeah. feel about such and such track w- without him on it, where it's like someone else singing." because I'm like, but I liked Hadric. I love this guy's voice. I want to hear him this whole time. I mean, Brady yeah. <laughs> on the track, of course. I mean, that's great. But like every now and then <laughs> it's just like other other people where you're like hmm, but okay, I mean, I guess... What's cool going on here? Yeah, yeah, what's happening? But it is fine. And then there's one or two tracks where I remember just feeling like, hmm, I just don't know how this song hits me. This is not really like, you know, it's just not giving me the energy that I think he's trying to give me. And then you told me about the movie. And I was mm-hmm. like... Okay, sure. Well, I oh. put out a movie with a bunch of music videos. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's gonna like inform me as to what's gonna happen. <laughs> <help>. Okay. <laughs> and then this motherfucker <laughs> fucking just pushed my goddamn wig back <laughs> with how it, with how the, the visuals of this film elevated some of these tracks in a way that just like fucking blew my mind. Like, mm. even the tracks I liked, I liked. Tenfold better <laughs> after seeing how he put the visuals to him and how he put it into a story. So yes, let's fucking break this shit down, right? Mm-hmm. So we get in trust no bitch, which which starts off. It's just kind of like uh the, the credits of the scene, and I'm you know watching yeah. it and it's like. And this, you know, this looks really cool, but it's just kind of like credits it but, you know, cool imagery, but you know, cool seeing him do, like, fun, interesting shit, and this is a song sort of, you know, just sets the stage, you know, I don't trust nobody, that sort of thing. and you know, I'm kind of feeling like, alright, you know, this is a tale. you gotta make this song right, this is the, oh yeah, the, the haters can get off me, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, what's going on here,
0: exactly. Yeah, exactly. Then we get to Wanted, and he gets on that pop shit real quick, and that shit is mm. so
1: crisp, and I'm just like,
0: uh-huh. All right, I'm with you on this shit. And then uh, watching the music video it was like, I'm a man who's in jail, you know, I'm a wanted man. What's going on? I'm like,
1: "Okay, you know, it, it, it
0: kind of looked like it was just going to be like, oh, it's going to be the video, we're just going to be little vignettes in small places." I'm like, okay, right, "I got yeah, it. this." Is
1: fun. Yeah, still doesn't really make too much sense yet. Exactly. I'm like, "All right, you know, it's cool, it's whatever."
0: Then it gets to changed my mind another pop song and then what is that uh with the one where he's like um i'm not allowed to sin i don't care and you hear the boom 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 you hear the epic synth coming i'm like okay oh, this yeah. fucking trying to make some pop songs he's trying to make some i'm coming for you ariana grande pop songs i'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> okay. coming for the top 40 type of songs you know what i'm saying like he's trying to make some real fucking hits out this bitch
1: right i think i gotta pump the brakes for a second oh okay
0: okay Because
1: I think we're going a little too fast. Oh, all right, all right. I hated this. What? I I hated this. What? I was not a fan of the album. Oh, no. The movie is fucking garbage. Oh, no.
0: Wait a minute.
1: I could (laughs) not believe I knew no. it. I fucking knew we were going to see. Here we go. The, the off podcast. <laughs> this is why I wanted to save it till the end. Mm. Because I knew we were going to have an oh, interesting no. discussion about this one. Look, nothing. Okay, do you remember a few years ago when they came out with a new Heathers...
0: Oh, I ain't watched that
1: shit. <laughs> yeah, okay, so you had the old, the old Heathers. They're all like white women, you know, whatever. Then for the for the remake, they were like, you know what would be weird? You know what would be quirky social commentary is if we made all the bullies people who are normally bullied. So we got like we got like a fat woman who's now bullying skinny women, uh, and we've got. Gay people that are bullying straight people. Oh. And people were like, no, this doesn't help. What the fuck is this, this? This is garbage. <laughs> and then I see this. I'm glad House Party was two EPs, and he didn't try this shit again. Because he, he's not good at it. Oh. <laughs> straight out of Oz had its moments. Overall, it was a fucking mess. This album... Considerably less high points, in my opinion, and Mm. it's a fucking mess. And in both instances, he tries to shoehorn in, in the most awkward way, racism commentary. Where it almost doesn't (laughs) fucking belong because he doesn't deal with it with any tact Mm. at all. It feels like an afterthought. Okay, because it's straight out of Oz. The whole thing was, "Hey, here's Toadrick's story. He's a gay guy trying to make it in the industry, right? Right. And he's comparing it to Dorothy's journey down the road to Oz. Yeah. All right, I get that. Why all of a sudden at the last couple tracks, there's songs about uh, green people being killed by police, and we're making it like a police <laughs> brutality right, thing of yeah. like the Wicked Witch. Like, whoa, where did this come from? What is this doing in here? And it was like one or two things, and that was it. He did the exact same thing again. He tried it again. And it's even
0: sloppier. Yeah. What's different with this one, though, is that at least what I thought what he was going for as I listened to it. Right. Because um, at, the, at the very beginning, what is it? What's that one song that uh, plays uh, the national anthem? And I remember when I first heard that was one of the tracks that I didn't like at first. And I was just like, "Oh yeah." See what well, especially
1: said. if you don't know what's going on,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah that makes exactly. no sense. But then when I saw the Nakarima, and I was just like, "What the fuck is Nakarima?" Oh. And then at the moment of, "Oh, it's America backward." Oh. See, <laughs> and we na-
1: had different <laughs> we had different reactions. You're like, I, "Who does this art school kid think he is?" <laughs> I, yeah, I rolled my eyes out of my fucking Aww. head at Nakarima, and then later on, um, I mean, we'll get to it, but on Ordinary Day, the street name is um, Trayvon spelled backwards. Oh, like, come on. come on. That's just so fucking, yeah, right out of goddamn college. I think I'm clever, bullshit. Oh, it's spelled backwards because everything's reversed. It's a very
0: campy video right? The whole thing is very campy, and I think what he was going for was heightening the emotion of, of what was happening in order to make that social commentary about things, right? I don't know, like, whereas you're, I feel like you're you're seeing it in a way of, like, how thuddingly obvious. I kind of saw it in a sort of, like, here is a camp production that was already fun and silly and, oh, you didn't know we was actually gonna say something a little spicy about this shit on top of that, though. And whereas your point about uh, saying the, um, uh, where you said the Heathers kind of failed, I feel like this actually did a good job of, a- at least a- as I kept engaging with what was happening in the plot, you know what I'm saying? And how they tried to reverse things. Because what it looked like to me is like, okay, so this is a reverse America. What if the 1950s happened, and instead of, like, heterosexuality is the norm, like, homosexuality yeah. is the norm, and to yeah. deviate from that is to be wrong. Now, of course, you, you have the immediate question of, wait, well, how, do, how does this
1: society make, people get <laughs> but, uh, but yeah but, uh, don't there's a lot of <laughs> you gotta dispel that disbelief there for this you just gotta leave that that <laughs> questioning at the door it doesn't apply but but uh yeah but uh, all right
0: we're, we're making you know uh gay art social commentary okay you know i'm, I'm here for it you know what i'm, saying? I'm here for the new new york student three of it all right so because <laughs> i guess it just depends on how it hits you you know what i mean But yeah, yeah, I kind of like, when I had that moment of like, because as I was listening to it at first, it threw me off. I think that's what it was. When I listened to it at first, I Mm. was thinking like, okay, like the last album, oh, this is kind of going to kind of be about how, you know, um, he loves his parents and all that stuff. He loves where he came up from. Oh, but it's kind of problematic because, you know, he had to deal with his father not being accepting of him.
1: Right. So,
0: but there were moments where I kept hearing lyrics where it didn't feel right, right? It was all American, it, that was the moment where I was like trying to figure out what was happening because yeah. the lyric says love thy neighbor spread his word when you can and I was like okay well this sounds positive and but it, and then it goes like uh turn your back on things you don't understand and I was like Oh, 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 Okay, so we're we you know I see what you're doing here. You showed us like oh things can be good, you know like you see the, the some good qualities, but then this is like the closed mindedness of it all, right? Because there's the expectation that oh of course this is going to be about you know the oppression in the in the awful America we live in, but then having that moment of like well of course you thought that was going to happen, but what if we spice it up with this and th- and but what I liked on top of that was that. I feel like it didn't go for an easy uh, uh, thing for it, actually, when as the plot sort of furled out, right? Because uh, it starts off with the idea of something that seems actually relatively obvious and just a little campy with the way they explored it in a way that at first made me kind of feel like bristle a little bit. You know what I'm saying? When it it shows a stage with this woman who's singing this right. 50, very 50s type of music, right? And she's like, hey, but it's all about how she's going to make it up in the world. But you're watching yeah. her and it's this white woman singing. And, and you know, there was a thing in my brain that was just like, what? I mean, that doesn't seem like you're saying that, but okay, whatever. It's a music video, you know. Yeah. They do that all the time. But then it cuts to the black people looking very disapprovingly. Yeah. <laughs> and I had that moment of. Oh, I see what's happening here And uh, I was thinking like, oh, what if we were in a universe In which, you know, black people Were in positions of power to see You know, these white people performing their music But not, uh, like, not to the same standards And it's showing her, like, kind of on stage Kind of be like, oh, I don't know if I'm doing this right And then it cuts to, like I think it's one song happens And then another song happens yeah. Where a black woman is performing And she's like, my life is great, everything's okay My life is fine, and everything's alright with me And everyone's performing good and, 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 I mean Everyone's clapping and like, yeah, awesome. And I had that moment of like, you know, as you listen to it, though, you can tell it's a um, it's a white woman singing it, <laughs> a white woman's voice singing it, but yeah. it's the black performer. And it's just like this sort of hitting your brain with, like, you know what the expected reality is, and I'm flipping that for some reason, and you're paying attention to Like, that's what kept pulling me in, right? The idea is, like, I'm flipping this, and you're noticing that. And, like, if you're keyed
1: into what's going on, you're seeing something's wrong here with how this usually plays out, right? I didn't particularly notice that it was different people singing the lyrics. I guess that... I guess it would have helped at the time to to make that make a little bit more sense. What I got out of it Uh. was... Because I saw a video on Twitter recently of... I forgot the musician. But it was this black singer. He was fucking killing it. And he was on, like, like, a television show, like, in the 60s. Like, early 60s. And they kept panning the audience. And the audience were mostly young white women. Like, not really into it. Like, one girl was clapping along, but, like, all the other ones kind of seemed like... Hmm. Uh, either they felt like they shouldn't. Or Mm. just they were racist and didn't want to. Right, right. So I'm watching this performance. And in my head I'm thinking, she doesn't really sound particularly good. Maybe that's the point. Like she's kind of singing like super extra. But the audience like is kind of, yeah, whatever. They're not really into it. And then later when you go to Silver Spoon. Yeah. And the voice is, like, super obnoxious. Yes. And I think and- that was the point of, like, <laughs> yes. not yes. only <laughs> is this is this a black woman, but also the performance is really shitty. But the audience doesn't care because the lyrics is, you know, uh, they, they took one look at, at, at my black skin and told me I would get everything that was coming to me. And the audience was eating it up. Was like when I came to that track at first, I had that feeling of like, well, all
0: right, what's this doing here? But like the fact that its badness is kind of the point, <laughs> kind of made me go like, oh, <laughs> like it just it just broke me in a way like. But that's kind of what camp is, right? Like I think about sort of like John Waters and stuff like that, where it's just like the point is that it's doing this. Like, overly done emotional thing, but it's still trying to say something about that, but doing it in a heightened way. And that's what kind of made me have an appreciation of it, right? I think it's fine. Just in the context, it feels shoehorned. But then, when it gets to the part that we're talking about, right, so, you know, there's the uh, white guy just walking down the street enjoying an ice cream cone, and then a, a black police officer just hops out of his car and points a gun at the guy, and it's, like, a really tense scene, and then, you know, just cuts to this kid popping, uh, you know, bubble gum, and you see the white kid, uh, you know, laid out on the street and uh, dead, you know what I'm saying? And then a musical number happens, and everyone just starts dancing, and they're like, it's a perfect day in the neighborhood, and and everyone's acting like it's fine, and then you see, like, two women walking by, and they, you know, leap over the dead body to be like, everything's fine, and they're all happy, and, like, they they show this, like, musical number happening, and, like, it pans out, and you see this great dance number, and everyone's dancing around, but, like, at the corner, you
1: still see the dead guy. (laughs) So Again, I thought that was great, and I thought if you did more with it, it would have had a bigger impact but they come out of like the most random parts in this movie yeah it is a very uh it's it, it is not a uh a narrative
0: serving so, sort of film in the direct sense I, I took it more in like the abstract uh way of it you know what i'm saying in sense of like okay i i i kind of get this is a little more vignette than i was expecting but it was actually like bigger than I was expecting at first because again watching the first video it looks like it's just oh I'm in a prison cell and maybe the next video I'm gonna be like getting arrested and going over here but then like when you actually saw like the costume pieces and people dancing I was like oh this is a production oh you're gonna give me so yeah you have that moment happen. and again you know I thought I-, I did think of it as a little I was like okay hoop you're making the point like you're making it really obvious but you know having that like dark side of like but I'm still not gonna make you forget about the fact that you know what this looks like in a parallel world and you know what I'm commenting on the fact that we are not thinking right. about people people's deaths right as the narrative evolves you know it's it's made clear that it's like oh yeah he's gonna find himself a man earlier we mentioned how uh, on the other album loud like really makes you feel the emotion of love on certain tracks right on here I think it really does I think there are some tracks that really get you to feel what's going on the fucking okay here's what threw me off there's a track in here called 2003 and the whole point of the track is just supposed to be well, what what initially it felt like was just supposed to be like, huh, hey, references to things in 2003, my MySpace, my top eight, which I was like, alright, that's a little corner monkey. But then, like, as the verses go on, it becomes way more about like how he felt in the moment of 2003 and how this person made him feel so like the aesthetics of it feel more like the window dressing on the real emotion of that time which threw me the fuck off because you know you hear lots of other songs where it's like hey remember this year let's just make a lot of corny movie references and shit you know what i'm saying he is supposed to fall in love you know with the right person that you're supposed to which is a man right and you see it here he what, what is the song uh the song right for oh type Oh my god, that fucking video was so goddamn cool! Yeah. (laughs) It was so epic! I love shopping at the asshole store! (laughs) And, you know, as I heard that line, I thought about, like, how, again, like, kind of, like, cheeky and, like, just, like, so uh, unabashedly, you know, forward with what it is about how- about what it is, right? And, uh, you know, you could play it in that typical problematic way that it does, but Tajik has just such a fucking Will Smithian level of charisma that, like- The intent of the song shines through and how it's like, no, this isn't supposed to just be me saying, like, oh, I love bad boys. Like, no, there's a bigger plot and I'm, like, giving you the emotion of of, of of the person who goes through this instead of, like, glorifying it. You know what I mean? Like, I really did feel like I got that in how it's making this song about how I love shopping at the asshole store. And you see the different guys with, you know, Lazy and, you know, the different uh, things that's yeah. wrong with them on their shirts and shit. And then it cuts to the, the next song, which I originally really didn't enjoy, uh, Thug Trade, where it was just like... Oh, yeah.
1: It, it, yeah, and it was just like, oh, I want a thug, and I was just like, alright, you know. I wish I would have listened to the album before I saw the movie, mm-hmm. but then I would have had a lot of fucking questions, and then I would have needed to watch the movie again anyway, so it would have ended up happening to listen to the album twice, and I don't yeah, know if yeah. I'd want to do that, but my opinions on the album, unfortunately, are affected by my opinions of the movie, so I gotta separate it, but okay. if we're gonna go to the beginning, okay, mm. Yeah, yeah. Because, because I think we did a little skipping around just to go back to the beginning for a tiny bit. The first three tracks are modern day. Uh, this Nolan character uh, being arrested. I don't really know what Trust No Bitch has to do with that scenario in that situation or what it was there, but it was whatever. I didn't think the hook was that good. The I trust no, no. bitch, hell yeah, to no, no bitch, I trust no bitch. Because bitches do bitch things. I was like, okay, whatever. Okay, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It was a very meh intro. Uh, Wanted, continuation of that, he's in jail now, changed my mind. Same thing. I really did like the line, um, I thought I would have rather live with a lie than die with the truth, but I changed my mind, or I might have got something switched up there. I thought that was a good line. Overall, though... With how glitchy it was, with that that was jarring oh, you, you and took me out of the it.
0: Dubstepy, uh... I was not a fan of that. And <laughs> also,
1: Todrick has a really interesting voice, and when he's just like talk singing, like he was on that one with like flat delivery, I really wasn't interested in that. We didn't talk about Lullaby. I didn't care for that song at all, and I hate to step on Brandy's toes, but her delivery on that song. Was so annoying to me. She sounded like she was singing with her mouth super wide open, so, like, she wasn't enunciating words. If that, if that makes sense. Like, the ends of words were being cut off. That's how I felt when I first heard it. But for some reason, the visuals added to it
0: just gave it that level of, like... Oh, but I feel uh, okay. I'm, I, this just shows how uh, visuals can hypnotize you. And, cause yeah. I remember having that feeling too. And also, I remember also feeling like the beat just felt like it was slightly off beat. You know what I'm trying to say? It was like, the
1: la, love. So. I was just like, just, oh, ah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. It was super awkward, and I, I couldn't really get into that one. But Brandy still fucking looks 23. What the hell? Uh.
0: That is strange. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I guess when I get there, if I'm taking the visuals literally, That Nolan's mom (laughs) was a nun who had to give up her child because Uh I guess she had the child in a hetero relationship, and that's a no no. So she had to give up the kid. None of this is mentioned again for the whole fuck story, by the way. <laughs> so if you wanted resolution on any of that, sorry, too bad. He had to do the same thing that he did from the last album. He seems to like have a template. <laughs> I have yeah. to have a song where I'm
0: singing about my mom.
1: <laughs> so I guess he gets adopted by, like, the people who are in charge. Like, I don't know if they're like... Oh, the- right, because it's like a priest who, yeah. Yeah, again, I'm not really sure. We got the, uh, the National Anthem... I did like uh, Tamar Braxton's voice. I thought they sounded fine. I'm guessing this is Nolan's adopted mom? Is that who she is? What I enjoy about it when I when I see the Nicarima thing is because I, I had that moment of like,
0: oh, is he like making up a country like Zamunda? Because like, it does sound like a fake mm. country. You know what I mean? Like, it does yeah. give me that second of like, oh, is this supposed to be like a Nigerian country where like, what, no white people are allowed or something? And then it's like, oh, alternate universe America though.
1: I'm still confused as to how we have a song called "All American" when America uh, uh, isn't.
0: Yeah, it's like stick with the thing.
1: I, I was kind of hung up on that one. Like you didn't have to. Like that doesn't have to be the name of the song. That doesn't have to be the. That doesn't have to be the bar. Uh, but it, it is, and it's confusing. He, he, he knew it wouldn't play if he said "All Nemerican. Well, like you don't have to do that. You don't have to say the name of the country. It could be something else. But that that's where it kind of teases. If you're just listening, you wouldn't know, but you get these visuals of, uh uh-oh, Nolan's wanting to play with boy toys. He has to play with girl toys. (laughs) And there's a part where he's looking over his fence and he sees this girl walking by. And again, you're getting these little hints of like, okay, so Nolan's straight and that's going to be a problem. I'm getting that. Okay, got it. Huh. Then that doesn't come up for a while. Um, into what's going on, the first of many pointless interludes. You got these two people who are nosy neighbors, Aww. and they're like, I thought that was so stupid. <laughs> I I'd, love I'd, that! That could have been spoken word narration, I... Oh, get, I get that
0: enjoyed shit it. out of here. I enjoyed nah. the 50s falsetto about the nosy bastards. You know what I'm saying? I love it. And then seeing the two women in the video. <laughs> oh, I had fun with that. Again, I I was here for the campy, you know, silly aspects of it. I,
1: I, Normally I'm here for campy. I just thought this movie mm, was not insulting. It just hit
0: you with the bad... It, it, it started off with a bad taste in your mouth and you, and it just was hard to stay on yeah, board. Yeah, I, I,
1: just, I just think it's such a shitty...
0: I just think the whole thing is so shitty. But anyway. I thought that he was gay all the way. And then he meets this woman who, like, he has a connection with, and is like, "Oh, I realize that like I don't need to just be a man. Maybe it's like whoever I have a connection with is
1: who. Like, that's what I was thinking. That's why I was super confused. And Mm. this has a bearing on it for me personally. If if Todrick was growing up and was dating women, thinking he was straight, then realized he was gay in real life." And this is like a mirrored image of that. It's like, OK, I get that. But if that's not the case in the movie this whole time, because. It's it show like it's all contextual. It shows him getting arrested. And you're like, OK, what did he do? The word of the Lord is, you know, only men with men and women with women. It's like, oh, OK, so he probably went against that. Like, I'm, I'm going to guess it's what he did. And then you, you see the shots of, like, him, like, his parents taking the toys away from him and him looking at the girl over the fence. And you're like, okay, I get it. Gotcha. Then we fast forward 11 years to this, oh, I years, guess he's forget. I guess he's rich now. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, like, I don't know how or why. We, because
0: we had to make the song about how I got money. I got money. My uh, oh. my least favorite track on the album. Uh, Yeah. this It's just so awkward. I used to I be a broke ass
1: it. bitch. Stop. Oh. Stop.
0: So awkward. I hated this one. Oh my God. The word money just sounds so awkward money. when you put the emphasis on the opposite <laughs> syllable.
1: You know? I got money. <laughs> this is the first track on the album where eight tracks in that is anything resembling a Todrick banger, and it Mm. almost feels like a parody of a Todrick banger. Yeah, yeah. I thought the instrumental was okay. He's 11 years older now, and we're getting a track like, I remember there was another track on Straight Outta Oz, like this shit's expensive, where it was like okay, I guess we're getting a random song about money just kind of thrown in here. Again, we got a template. (laughs) And then we get, god, I hated this so much. This has nothing to do with the album. But there's this skit of random people coming up to his door asking for money, and it goes on for yeah. a fucking eternity. Yeah. And it and on, and even at the end of it, it has no bearing on anything. Well, like I don't know why it needs to be there. It didn't work out like
0: how you would expect, 'cause it's like people don't new neighbors don't go up to you asking for money. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't get then, that. Yeah, and and if he's supposed to be this you know bad bitch, who's like, why are you giving away this money? Yeah, why are you just doing it? I don't get
1: that. It didn't make any sense. And again, I'm sorry. I understand that I gotta leave some things at the door, right? But if this is an alternate kind of universe, why are you name-dropping RuPaul and Taylor Swift? in your Like, are they real in this universe, too? Yeah,
0: they are that cool. They transcend universes.
1: (laughs) They're multiversional. So then we go from this attempt at a banger... Mm -hmm. To the back-to-back songs of, now we're going to talk about racism. We haven't eight tracks into this album, but we're going to randomly now. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. I even saw black people and white people outside Nolan's house at the beginning of the album all picketing him together. So I had, up to this point, no impression that there was like a racism aspect to this, but all right, I get what you're doing. yeah. It doesn't ultimately become that much of a thing. We then go to Nobody, which is the first song up to this point in the album that I gave any, that I gave a rating higher than a two and a half. Mm. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a sweet song. You got um this waitress and she's singing to another woman in the diner.
0: Yeah. This one, this one was actually one of the ones that I, <laughs> I was okay
1: with. That. See, We're having opposite I, experiences right now. Yeah, absolutely. We're having mirrored, <laughs> mi- mirrored uh, experiences. Oh, look at that. Multi-universe. <laughs> so, in the context of the visual of the movie, it didn't fit tonally? I was like, okay, yeah. I guess this is just kind of happening. Yeah, it's like, who is this? <laughs> just kind of watching the movie I saw, she singing across the diner, and you see... That Nolan is looking up from the booth. Yeah, every now and then it's like a little sort of like, yeah, And yeah. in my head I was like, is she singing to Nolan or is she singing to that woman? That's what I, I was, wonder if yeah. that's going to become a thing later on. This random moment where these two white backup singers who have, again, been acting perfectly like whatever in this scene. No one's really bagging, uh, batting an eye about it. Uh, one of them spills this black woman's drink. Oh, you're and right! she calls her this made-up alternate universe slur. N-Nikadum, and I was just so confused, because I was like, what it's is... It's so jarring, because it's right after this super sweet song, it just kind of happens. And if that was, like, the point of, like, oh, it just kind of happen, But then, she just goes back and finishes the song. Yeah, they do it like, like a that slower- didn't ju- Yeah. She doesn't go over to comfort the waitress who was just called a slur or anything. She just goes over and finishes her song. So I'm like, okay, I don't like her now. I immediately don't like her. Great. You made me turn against this queer couple. Because she just looked over and went, oh, well, whatever. Let me go over here and finish this song. I was like, all right, cool. All right. Then we go to the silver spoon. Which I did like the, the visual tra- uh, transition from, there's like a spoon in the diner, and then it went to the spoon that was on yeah, the singer's yeah. head, and I get it, like Silver Spoon, the opportunity you're granted, you're born with it because she's black, she's getting the advantages, I got that. Type and thug, now all of a sudden, Nolan's gay now, I didn't get that, I didn't get where that came from, but it's just, that, that's just how it is now. I was I was up to this point under the impression that he was secretly straight and keeping that a oh. secret. So I'm like, okay, guess he's gay now. Okay. All right, listening to type, mm. listening to thug. Okay. And I was so annoyed that it took us this fucking late to get to songs like this because I really did like type and thug. I thought those were two. I think those are more his strength. Yeah. Like kind of those more banger tracks and look but i will say the thing i still didn't like about thug was the the auto tune on the thing it just hit wrong <laughs> every single time it was just like like the guy he was seeing cheated on him so Again, it,
0: it, it's more about the visuals than the uh than telling a uh, cohesive story necessarily but you know <laughs> dem beats though uh, first
1: song of the album I genuinely oh, enjoyed man
0: I didn't like this song As much on, on uh When I heard it On the album You know I was just like Okay Well, I kind of like When he's talking shit And talk, you know Has more lyrics going on But it was like But alright You gotta have the dance tracks I get it You gotta keep them up And then when I saw The music video And had that moment Where you see The uh, It like I almost had to do a double take Because I wasn't paying attention For a second And then I saw like What Like it looked like He was putting down heels But then it was like Wait I hear clopping Is that a whore And then I look at <laughs> see the horse heels yes. like that it has the closet and then boom they don't make them beats like they I was like oh shit
1: and the fucking eraser headed RuPaul I was here for it. <laughs> Look, I, I've tried to listen to RuPaul solo tracks. Man, don't. Uh, uh, he, in very small uh, in small doses. In small doses? <laughs> I could take RuPaul. There was a song on uh, Straight the Oz, I mentioned it in that review, called mm. Low, that wasn't oh, on yes. the standard issue. It was on the no deluxe edition. A-O. Low. <laughs> I thought that was so good. And RuPaul was on that one, just doing a little guest verse, and I thought that worked great. I was like, little small doses, it's fine. And then we got this, two songs that kind of feel like one that just kind of switches halfway through between Break My Heart and Eleven. Break My Heart was like a minute, right? <laughs> It was almost just like an intro to Eleven, yeah. where now all of a sudden, this waitress we saw singing to the woman in the restaurant not but a half hour ago <laughs> is now just with no one. Him? I yeah. guess. <laughs> I, I have no idea, and I didn't even get any impression that this was going to, like, really—besides the inkling that they were looking at each other during Nobody— Mm -hmm. did I really get the impression that this was going to happen? Because nothing between those two tracks gave you a hint that that was going to happen. Right, right. Um, I did like the, you know, I'm here till 11... I did like yeah. that track. I thought it was pretty cool. I
0: really enjoyed the waitress love song, man. I thought that was that was such an earworm for me. <laughs> and the oh, oh and I do love in the video where it does the do you wanna play? And they sing together. They sing together so wonderfully. It, it, play it's, is a really good song. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking magical. It's like I got whole new world vibes like straight up and down when they were singing at the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. And it plays the, good. And the do you want to play? And then what was that one part in the video where he's like hiding from the two other women and like he hits up against the uh, the video game you know console and you hear like the actual noise of a video game
1: go off? I was like ah oh, that was so cute. Like <laughs> yeah, be- be- because they mention like arcades in the lyrics. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that worked really well. I'm not saying this album is you know completely without its high points. It definitely yeah. does have some high points. Play is definitely one of them. Dem beats. This is the point in the movie where it cuts to the reporter, who, who I love,
0: by the way, he just has like, a great delivery the whole time, but on this one, he specifically is like going like, there have been reports of some, and he pulls out this like comically oversized towel to pat his head, heterosexual activity spotted in the neighborhood. <laughs> I love that movie. Now, I, I, I want to explain how how I came to it, because what I was thinking was, oh, okay, we're in this world where everyone's just supposed to be the, uh, what feels like the right way, men with men and women with women. You know, like, doesn't that sound like it's the right way? So just do it that way like that's what I was kind of thinking like going off of like if that's your purpose boom and then having the idea of like but this guy and see the way I thought of it is you have these two songs that I felt like it truly established no he likes men <laughs> you know what I'm saying like when you saw the music video you know it's not like he's like oh I'll guess I'll have sex with a gay guy you know it's like no it's like you see a bunch of uh, fucking handsome looking motherfuckers, some fucking GQ model ad looking motherfuckers.
1: these fucking dudes have their asses
0: out <laughs> essentially. yes <laughs> they're man candy
1: they're they're mandy <laughs> man, they're mandy. Um, so was like so, okay, cool. I and like again, nothing tips you off that 11 is gonna happen. It's like, well, okay. so so the way I looked at it was,
0: here is the som- someone who is genuinely gay who is discovering that he may also like a woman. And so, mm. like, you know, in both worlds where we are in world where straight people are in charge and the world where gay people are in charge you should be allowed to, hey, love what the expected person is, you're supposed to love whatever, but if you want to love the opposite person, that's fine. Like, that should be the message, but the fact that it's just like, no, they're supposed to be this way. And so that's how, like, that's how I kind of like, felt like I was approaching it, so it kind of felt like there was a more intersectional message of it, Mm -hmm. of like, we should all be accepting of the even more divisive versions within, like, LGBT that maybe even within LGBT people aren't as accepting of, like, someone who's Bisexual, like someone yeah. in You know, like, that's what I was thinking as, as I was listening to it. And so it's like, but in both of these worlds, hey, you're going to have these closed-minded people. Now, I do see your point to which is say, like, oh, isn't it all the same? And, when, and I was like, ah, damn. <laughs> when you bring that up, I get your point because i bringing it up with the Heathers thing. But I just feel like, I feel like you can tell any story anyway as long as you do it the right way. And that Heathers definitely did sound like it did it the wrong fucking way. And I think this teetered the line in a way that like use the camp elements to say like this is ridiculous but join me for what the story is you know what i'm saying like i feel like it did enough where it brought me along with it and i but i can understand now if you're if it hits you in that sour way like yeah it, it's hard to salvage because there already is that expectation of well you're supposed to be Uh, in a heterosexual relationship, and here's this movie about a gay world in which it's controversial to be in a straight relationship? It's like, well, that doesn't really play in this world, where it just seems like you're just using this alternate universe to say, let's be in a quote-unquote normal relationship. You know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) I get what you're saying in that respect. And you're portraying queer people as the villains you're supposed to not like. Right, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It it might be my own per like again I can't shame Todrick as as a gay man for making this story you know it's his story to make and my experience might not be what everyone else's experience you know is watching this but I just thought it wasn't really bad taste like I just I just hated the we're gonna present these queer people who in the real world, are presented as, like, you know, degenerates. Yeah. And people you're not you're supposed saying. to like. And now we're watching this movie where you're not supposed to like them either. They're, hate- they're hate-filled hate villains, and just... The reason why they are hate-filled is because of the
0: closed-minded people that it should be directly reminding you of. But it, I can see how... Uh, you know what I'm saying? That can get lost in the sauce when you're when you're figuring in the real
1: life. Uh, it's a uh, weird trope. Yeah. that I. It it just feels like the alternate reality is the be- the mirror image, right. Twilight Zone ass shit. The, feels the white lazy man's to burden, me. sort of like yeah, you know, or um. I guess it's because you basically told a very similar story with the first one, and I thought you told it in a better way. Maybe not with the best songs either, because I remember when we reviewed that album, I listened back to it. We thought, like, the first four tracks were good, and then, like, maybe a couple sprinkled throughout were
0: decent. I remember having that feeling of, like, this guy's really talented, but these songs don't sound, like, finished. finished Like...
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, because, like, I like what he did with Ordinary Day specifically, especially with, like, the choreography and how it's, like, a ballet. Like, like the cop and the white man are almost, like, in this dance before he shoots him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it looks great. And as its own standalone music video, like, yeah, that's really powerful. In the context of this movie where up till this point you're not talking about race, and you're just slapping that in there, it's like, whoa. And it's like, anyway, back to regularly scheduled program, Mm -hmm. we're not gonna talk about race for practically the whole rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. You got it for, like, ten minutes, and now we're back to the regular story. I was like, what... Okay, fine, doll hairs, (laughs) almost okay. I enjoyed that. I thought that it could have been good. I, I enjoyed the uh
0: Lupe Fiascian word flip uh, he does with where you realize, like, oh, dollars, doll hairs. Doll
1: hairs. But, yeah.
0: And just the, the, the way Shangela introduces it w- w- with the way she speaks, she's like, ain't nobody seen me pick it up. I don't play when it
1: comes to my doll hairs. Yeah. <laughs> like, I fucking love that. Like, but I think that... it teetered on could have been one of the best. Ba- like, it is still one of the better I what tracks. You said. But it's not, you know, it's not quite there. I I think I enjoy it
0: better than Bitch Better Have My Money. I'll give it that. How about that?
1: Mm. (laughs) I don't know about that, actually. I Uh I don't know how I feel about that.
0: Uh Um,
1: (laughs) You're a fan of Bitch Better Have My Money? I think it's all right. I never Um, liked that song. (laughs) i didn't if i didn't at first when it came out but i i've warmed up to it then in the chronological order of the album is where Mm -hmm. 2003 is yeah because 2003 isn't in the movie and then it
0: plays the animal song instead which i don't like no (laughs) um that was the song that was the song where i got bored and started thinking hey it's all gay society how do they keep making people yeah (laughs) Because I was so bored, I was able to think about the flaws.
1: Animals is what is the track I thought of earlier when, when you said, uh, you know, where's Todrick? I miss Todrick. And that <laughs> right? was fucking Animals. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this is, but yeah. they're boring the shit out of me. Um, it's at this point of the movie... Is this fucking fake-ass John Bellion out of here. Where, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> where Nolan and the waitress, whose name I forgot, unfortunately... Uh, they're kind of, like, runaways, fugitives, and they take refuge at this, like, commune, kind of, like, hit-away, kind of, like, nightclub for straight couples to be who they are. It kind of reminded me of, uh, what was that, Janelle Monet emotion picture she did, Yes! You know? Yeah. Um, but they didn't really deal with it for very long yeah. for it to, like, be a thing. So I noticed there was a skunk on the table where the with woman, like, introduced, like, hey, you know... Yeah, and it kind of gives them a rundown and then lets them in. And then you saw, like, a zebra walking around. Someone was just, like, walking a zebra randomly. So it's like, okay, there's, like, a bunch of animals here, too. I don't really understand why there's, oh, like, wildlife. Oh, didn't they randomly mention,
0: like, animals? <laughs> They're like, uh yeah. oh, we're going to get all of those men and women and their animals.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I was like, okay, fine. And they raid this place and everyone runs away. The person who welcomes... Them at the beginning gets murdered by the police. Oh, yeah, because uh,
0: doesn't she help them get away? Because she's like, get into the car. And I thought she was getting in, too. And she's like, no, I have to open no, the go. door. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, get in my truck. I'll just die, I guess. Yeah, and, and
0: it was a sweet moment in terms of, like, well, I, I mean, I care about these main characters. I, I don't know who you are, lady, but thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, I care so much about pe- about you two. I've known for, like, five minutes. I do not understand why <laughs> she did it her motor was... love go on, must- on Por Siempre. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then when she gets, like, gets murdered, I was like, well, I didn't have enough time spent with that character to really feel anything. All right, I guess that character's just dead now, and we're on. But what I was going to say was, is the point they were going for, we could just talk about racism again, but instead, let's just show white and black animals
0: with skunks and zebras? Oh cuz uh, cuz what they're oh, the all skunks and zebras specifically the black and white oh oh, oh. I see what you doing uh, there was <laughs> like
1: I I I, I hope this is what they were doing for but I also hope that's not what they were doing because like <laughs> it would it would make it make sense to me as to why they were there but it's still not a good enough reason for them to be there look, so I was like I, all right whatever
0: Look during this moment I was properly uh distracted by the latin flavor of the fucking hook, the But That epic fucking hook, that was happening yeah. I'm sorry, I was here for that shit And then that one lyric woman says uh, Is it real or is it fiction? Only thing I was missing was somebody to want me Like, a, like I was a pink starburst And I just had the moment <laughs> of like Oh, that analogy just got me to understand Like the depth of your yearning more immediately And viscerally <laughs> than any Metaphor I think I've heard this whole year And I mean it's only January but still <laughs> rest, I, of the, I, rest of the year has a high bar to me
1: <laughs> was that in forever yeah yeah I just hate that yeah it's like a mixed bag because it's also lines like I thought I was allergic to love like my heart had the flu Oh, but your sin was my medicine no more saying achoo <laughs> fucking stop I've
0: got no time uh, for that when I heard that I was like oh, that needed a second draft.
1: (laughs) And he got lines like that, like that Starburst. I was like, okay, that's a fine save. I like that. I almost have an inverse than I did with with Straight Outta Oz, because Forever, Forbidden, Painting in the Rain, Heaven, they all have really strong uh, ratings for me. Mm. uh, Considerably higher than most of the rest of the album. Oh, so you liked it when he got a little bit more serious. When he got down to the fucking point. (laughs) Not in the fucking movie, I didn't. But <laughs> the uh, the songs themselves, I thought were of a um, a better quality. I mean, the ending is what it is. I, I I think it's silly to do that. Typically, we wouldn't kill people for this, but you know, they they execute them anyway, and it's like, all right. Uh, like, because I he guess needs to for... be a martyr! Because
0: didn't you get it all along? 11 years! 11 years! 11 years!
1: 33! He's, he's like, Jesus! Oh my god, please don't. I didn't even... That's terrible. I didn't even really pick up on that, but holy fuck, that brings it to a whole nother level of reaching. Forbidden is the part of the album where... Kind of like we get picked up at, to where we were at the beginning, where the cops are like at the house, they pick them up. I thought Forbidden almost rivaled play as like best vocal like between the two of them. Such a highlight. He's on this mid '90s inspirational Michael Jackson ballad type of shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Painting in the rain, I did not like as much. Like
1: I, I, I like, thought it was all right. Yeah.
0: I like the painting in the rain metaphor in and of itself, but as it went on, the, they just kind of felt a little overwrought. With the metaphors, like, you know, oh, oh, it's like painting in the rain. It's like moving in slow motion, trying to catch a speeding train. It's just like, it's just a little too much. And, and of course, it also immediately reminded me of the message song from his other album, the, the Water Guns track, you know, it's like, all right, God, let's hold hands and talk about serious stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, <laughs> shot up with Water Guns. <laughs> yeah. Ah! <laughs> Uh, but heaven did bring me back in the scratch in his voice. Oh my God, yeah. lyric, dude, I straight up kind of cried. Like at, at at one point, you know, when like it just gets you with the emotionality. He says, "I don't know if I'll see you tomorrow. If I do, Lord, take my soul. And when I get in, I promise I'll send out a message from heaven, just like." that idea oh yeah and Luke lyric he's like uh if there's a, if there's a heaven i know the angels gotta be listening somebody tell them that there's something we gotta be missing and it's showing that as he's like going to the fucking gallows and just like yeah. like oh this can't be how life is supposed to be and just that idea of like i'm such an activist i am trying so hard to make the world a better place even when i fucking die i'm gonna try to send out a message from heaven god
1: damn it like oh that just hit me so fucking hard if the movie wasn't such a fucking mess and it didn't jump around so much that would have worked better, but I was, like, I was just angry watching the end of the movie. It's like, come the fuck on. But for a template or a canvas for that song, the song needs this to happen for it to make sense for it to be here. It's right. like, okay, I get that. It makes sense. Um, So it fits in that regard. And, yeah, it absolutely is one of the best tracks on the album. Then it just kind of keeps going. Oh, um, Boys Wear Pink, the, uh... Well, there's also oh, Apple Pie, yeah. which is, like... Eh. And, oh boy, those, those two people who turned out to be the reason this, this uh, man was just executed, they got turned away from the cookout. <laughs> they got their comeuppance. <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> but they'll think twice. <laughs> they shoehorned the racism angle back into the movie for them to be kicked out of the barbecue and leave. Uh-oh. I guess that's just the end now. And then boys wear pink over over the credits. it's was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it has yeah, it has, it has like credits. no connection to the movie, like yeah. hardly at all. And it kind of goes like, it goes against the like yeah, the actual context <laughs> of the movie. Boys should be allowed to wear pink, but, but in this universe, they were in the movie, Todrick. <laughs> that was the whole point. <laughs> So it was like, all right, whatever. At that point, I was just happy it was over, so I really wasn't paying too much attention at that point. It was just kind of a mediocre there song. Overall, I got a two and a half.
0: Oh, man, I got to give it the four, man. I I enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, Again, like you said, there were points that... Like, even with the context still kind of felt like blemishes. It actually made me have uh, a new appreciation for some of the songs that I did like and some of the songs that I thought I wasn't going to like. So it, it, like, it pumped it up, not all the way up to the five, but, like, it was definitely like, oh, I see a new, I see a little sliver of a new color, what's going on here, you know what I'm saying? I saw this man sweating up there, you know, at the end of this thing, panting as he's giving his final pose, you know what I'm saying, with his hands out, while basking in, in equal parts sweat and applause, you know? I saw this man bearing his soul, and I was like, you know what? You, you did a good job being an art person. I, 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 th- I think he you know did enough to, to earn, earn, a little bit of, earn a little bit of love.
1: You know what I mean? But that about does it for this week's episode of Going Off. Uh, big, big thanks to the folks who requested the albums we reviewed about this week. And if there is an album you'd like to hear us talk about, head on over to our Kofi. That is ko-fi.com slash goingoffice, G-O-Y-N-O-F-F. One-time $60 pledge for an album of your choice. $70 for an album that you made yourself, a little indie thing that you'd like to hear our thoughts on. We've got, we got the links in the description to all of our other uh, socials, all of our other projects we got going on, so you never miss a beat, you know exactly what we're doing, what we're up to, what's coming next. Yeah, I'm doing my
0: Twitch streams, uh, definitely get with
1: those, act like
0: you want them. Uh, <laughs> no. um, but yeah, I'm going to be doing 1996, I think, coming soon, we're going through the billboard years, yeah. Catching just- up! And I just did a, uh, uh, a a special stream for ODB, because it was 95, and you know, that was when oh. the first album came out, so I was like, alright, fuck it. Uh, so yeah, follow my Twitches for other special streams I'll be doing like that, you know what I'm saying? You, you never know.
1: And until next week, for Going
0: Off, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic, and... All the happy people stop to say hello. Get out of my way. Even though the temperature's low, they got me living as quiet little redneck podunk white trash. Oh, U. S. A. dun, 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 dun.